0: Thank you, Pastor Dennis, and thank you, Praise Team, for leading us into uh, a time of reminiscence, really. And, uh, I mean, I haven't been here for 40 years because I'm not that old yet. Just kidding. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, just, it, was, it brought memories to my mind of growing up in church as well, just singing some of those hymns together and just seeing the history of God's faithfulness right here. Uh, what a blessing that was. Thank you for that. I, I, today we celebrate 40 years of God's faithfulness right here at at HBC and so it's an exciting time to be here. I'd like to give you just a little bit of of the history for those who don't know uh, a little bit about the history of what uh, has happened here. So I'd like to talk about uh, in a few few stages. First the beginnings and starting in 1979 to 1984. In the fall of 1978 actually HBC began meeting as a church at East Kentwood High School which looks a little bit different now than it did back then. This is the closest I could find. This is from 1984. And so, the, the, but HBC started meeting at East Kentwood High School and, and then formally chartered the church in the fall of 1979. The pastor was, was Dr. David Wood. <clears throat> he was our founding pastor. And, uh, and he, he has, he did have and continues to have a heart for evangelism, as you could hear from the testimonies as well, and teaching people how to lead others To Christ, Um, in fact, part of that that heart of evangelism uh, uh, drew him to have a thriving bus ministry here, and so we we ran multiple buses and would bring uh, bring kids in here to where they could hear the gospel, and many people were saved. And uh, then the church bought the the present property, and uh, it's and uh, put a building on it. As you can see, it's just this main part of the building with uh, a few of the classrooms on this side and bought all, um, all the property that you see here as well as some of the property that now belongs to Family Fair and McDonald's and some of that property as well. And, uh, and during that time, there was just tremendous growth. Here's a, a picture of the congregation in, in 1984. And uh, you can see it's taken right from right here, uh, but before we had the balcony, uh, but right here. And in fact, if you look closely, you might be able to see some some faces that you that you recognize in there as well. If you look very closely, my favorite there is Dan Pearson right there. So so uh, good to see him here as well. Um, uh, darker hair back then, but, you know, we're blonde. But, uh, but so, it's so exciting. isn't it awesome to see how God has been faithful from generation to generation as we read about so many times in Scripture? Um, also, to accommodate the growth, the church had to uh, sell a portion of the property in the back to put in a balcony, and so we have a, a balcony now because... Of that, and uh, and so at some point around there, the, the church growth uh, receded, but down to about 200, 250 members or so. Um, but you know what's interesting is when you look at those beginning years, you'd have to say that God did some amazing things in those initial years, did He not? In fact, uh, this is one of the, the paper uh, news articles on it, and if, if you look, Closely, I'll zoom in on it. There, it, it mentions here that there were 2,562 public decisions, including 599 saved, 280 baptized, 683 members at one point. Isn't that? That's a faithful God doing that right there. Amen. And so we're thankful, so so thankful for uh, for that. There came a transition then um, when uh, when Pastor Wood left, uh, and then uh, Pastor Guy, Dykes came in. Garvin Dykes came in and. Uh, for about 18 months, just uh, kind of helped the church through the transition, and uh, and he did a wonderful job as well. It was also during this time that the end zone was added, so if you'll notice that section that, uh on the east end of the building was added as well. I don't know who, who comes in with, in 18 months and makes sure that a building project takes place, so you've got to give him some credit for that. And, uh um, that's not not an easy thing. He uh, he resigned later in 1986, and then we'd have this section that I call the middle years. Uh, this was a, a good chunk of time where EH, uh, or known to most of you as Bo Moore, became uh, the pastor, and he served here for the next 26 years. That's a, that's a long time to serve in one church. During his tenure, the missions program. Grew using what we call the faith promise missions, which is what we use today Put a picture of the flags here because all of these flags around here represent missionaries that this church supports And I'll tell you that's one of the things I love the most about this church is the heart that it has Not just for evangelism of those who are across the street But the heart for evangelism to reach via missions those who are across borders And this has been a very faithful church in that in that program, it's also during this time that there was some staff growth, and uh, also the addition of the Family Life Center, that where the gymnasium is at, and uh, at the uh, at the west end of the church. So the church continued to grow during that time, and, and just as any church has ups and downs, as we've heard through some of that, uh, so does the story of HBC, and uh, and we do know that in the, in the in the in the in July of 2012, Pastor Moore was asked to resign because of mishandling of of funds and um, over over the last period of years. But you know what impresses me the most through all of this is that even though that was a very difficult time for the church, you know what? In spite of all that was going on, not one missionary was shorted one check that entire time. And, And the reason for that is because God is faithful to the church, even during the dark times. Amen. I mean, you know David, who wrote uh, the 23rd Psalm, and he loved the Lord, and you could, could just sense the intimacy that he has with God through his <laughs> psalms. He still included, "Gay yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. And that has been true right here. In the darkest of times, God has is, is always been there. As well, And God used great leaders, some great deacons to get the church through that time, led by John McCumber, Pastors Dennis Long, and Tim Oberst, and many other deacons that just worked the church through that, that, that difficult time. And I'm thankful to them. And God was faithful to the church by giving us them. Amen? <clears throat> in, in Deuteronomy 7, we read this, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. And that's why we're here today. Celebrate a God who is faithful from generation to generation to generation. Amen? Yes. So thankful for that. There was a, the next period was a very short period, but Larry uh, came in, and Larry helped the church through the transition from 2012 to 2014. and. Uh, uh, the church sought out an interim pastor that could help guide and counsel the church through a difficult time, and, uh, and also to prepare them to, to bring in the next pastor, and I think he did a great job with both of those things, that he just helped, boy, that sounds a little cocky, doesn't A <laughs> great job leading the church through the process, so you guys got stuck with what you got stuck with, I'll just say that. Uh, But just a great man who's, who's using, his, uh, using the, the, his years to help churches through transition, and uh, I so appreciate him for that. In 2014, um, he brought on me. So, so, uh, for me, it's been a real pleasure to join these guys, to join Pastor Tim, uh, Pastor Dennis, and, and of course, our wives. uh, uh, It's been a, a joy to be a part of this team. And so I'm so thankful to be here and to be a part of this and joining into this heritage, uh, no pun intended, which is rare for me not to intend a pun, but, um, but no pun intended, to join into this heritage of God's faithfulness right here in this, in this part of Kentwood, Michigan. And so what we find here is very simple, that for 40 years, God has been faithful to build this church. When you stop and think about it, in this very building, countless numbers of people have received Christ as their Lord and Savior. Right in, this, right in this room, uh, forever altering their eternal destinies right here. So many have been baptized right behind us, right? Many have been baptized here. Many people have been convinced uh, of truths of God's word or convicted of sin in their lives because of the preaching of God's word, which will never change from the, it will always be the source of the preaching from this pulpit, Amen. And if the Lord tarries, uh, my prayer is that it would continue to do that long after I'm in heaven. And you know, when you think about all of these things over the last four years, I want to ask a couple of questions. Two questions. One is, is what has changed? What's changed over the last 40 years when you think about it? And several things have changed when you think about it. The the, the location, the building and location, when you think about going from East Kentwood to uh, adding a balcony, adding an end zone, adding the family life center, the location of some things have changed. The building has changed. We would also say that the pastors have changed, right? I mean, you've seen God has been faithful from transition from pastor to pastor to pastor as well. Uh, Simple things like our logo has changed, right? Right? When you think about it, I mean, our old logo was old, and our, our, our uh, middle logo there was very Nikes, 80-ish, I guess, I, you know, and then our new logo as well. And logos changed, all those kinds of things. And, you know, we could go on and on about things that have changed over the last 40 years. Um, we, could, we could talk about how the music has changed over the last 40 years we've seen today. We, we could talk about how hairstyles have changed over the last 40 years. <laughs> Or whether or not you have hair over the last 40 years, it could change. The, the decorations, uh, the, the, the culture, we can go on and on. But what's really important is what has not changed. Now I'd say, what, what has not changed in these last 40 years, besides the fact that Bill Waringa and David Amy are still sitting in the exact same places. <laughs> right? So some things do not change. <laughs> but besides that, what has not changed? And, and, and I've got two answers for that. Number one, God has not changed. God has not changed. Malachi 3, 6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. What he's saying there is, in, even in spite when Israel was disobedient to God... God was faithful to build his nation because he made that promise. And he's saying the reason that you are not consumed is because I am Yahweh, I am the Lord. I do not change. He is a faithful God who keeps his promises and he, 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 he does what he's supposed to do, uh, what he's promised to do without fail. James 1, 16 and 17 says, do not be deceived, my brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. He comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. What's the thing. Not only has he never changed, he doesn't even hint that he's going to change. We have an unchangeable, faithful God who is faithful to his promises at all times. Aren't you glad that God doesn't change? You know what else is, is, has not changed? The gospel has never changed. The gospel has never, has never changed. The gospel is very simple. It's, it's not very complicated. In fact, no matter how complicated the world gets, no matter how complicated our culture gets, and how we change definitions of this and that, the gospel does not change at all. What Jesus passed down to the apostles, the apostles recorded in the New Testament, and as long as we preach from the New Testament, then guess what? The gospel will never change. This is the exact same gospel that has been passed down on to us. And, and, it's, and the gospel is very simple. The idea with the gospel, when we think about what the gospel is, it comes down to this. God is awesome and deserves to be respected and obeyed and worshipped. But we don't do it. Right? That's, that's the beginning. We have to understand the bad news. And that that causes a problem. In fact, some of you may have heard this illustration before, but I'm going I'm to ask for, for some helpers because not everyone here has, has, under, has heard the, the gospel, and so I want to make sure we understand this. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to I, I ask for a volunteer. Uh, could someone come up? Any, any, uh, any volunteers? I'm not going to embarrass anyone. So, All right, thank you, Tom, for, for coming up. He volunteered by looking like this, so that's good enough. Just stand right here for a moment. And just stand right there. And, um, and this represents Jesus Christ. We don't actually know 100% what he looks for or looks, looks like, but this, this is going to represent you. Could you just hold that right there? And, uh, and this would be, on this end of the spectrum, this would be perfection because Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. He was the only one who lived a sinless life, right? Now, when I think of people who are evil, right, and the first person that comes to mind um, is, is probably who? I can't believe you said Alan True. You are so close. All right, I'll go with Adolf Hitler. All right, so close. Adolf Hitler. All right. So, um, how about another volunteer? Mike, would you come up and just? Uh, I'm not typecasting by any way, I'm not going to typecast with any of you. Mike, would you hold this right here? And this will be the opposite extreme. And uh, can you guys still see? Is he in your right? All right, guys. Alright, now what I did is, I, I took just some of the top, the top searches of names of people, uh, and so I just, there are people throughout history, this is just who happens to be the, the ones that were named here, I, what I want you to do is to tell me where you think they are, you'll point this way if you think is worse, this way if you think is more, better, and we're going to try and find out where to place some other people, does that sound good? So I need, I need another volunteer, uh, so Jason would you come up, and, uh, and I'm going to use Abraham Lincoln, so if you could grab this, right, and then all I want you to do is kind of tell me which way he should go. Sorry, let's see. I see a lot of people going this way. Okay, I see a lot of people. And when he's there, just kind of give me the thumbs up. When he, okay, right about there. Does this look pretty good? All right, we'll put him there. All right, another one of the most famous searches of the day that I chose this um, is um, Charles Darwin. So can I have another volunteer to come up here? Uh, someone uh, uh, all right, so I need a volunteer. Well, I need, first I need a volunteer. Everyone's already looking. All right, thank you. Thank you, Lynn. If you could take this. All right, where would you put him? All right, well, I see a lot, of, a lot of fingers this way. All right, a little more, a little more. Okay, right. Wow, I mean, he's close to Taylor. <laughs> All right, we'll put him right here next to Taylor, okay? That sounds good. All right. We're just talking about good good deeds here. I need one more volunteer. Or actually I need a few more volunteers. Another volunteer. Gil, would you come on up? And you have Mother Teresa. Alright? So Mother Teresa, one of the most searched ladies on the internet right now. Alright, so give me some are right, seeing more this way. Let's come this way a little bit. Still more? Still more? Still more? Okay, right. I'm, okay, it's look the, okay, so right about here. Oh it's just even on the other side of Abraham Lincoln. So I'm saying, yeah. all right, we'll put you right over here by Abraham Lincoln. All right, next one. I don't know why people are still searching this so much, but uh, Marilyn Monroe. Can I have a, a, a helper uh, here? To, uh, so, yeah, someone come on up. Or uh, Olivia, you want to come up? Or, or, or no, Michelle, why don't you come up? and I'll get you on the next one, Olivia. And uh, so grab this one. This is Marilyn Monroe. When I looked that up, that was the most modest picture I could find. So, um, all right, so where does he go? So, what? I see someone this way. All right, so maybe some over here this way a little bit. Come right about here. All right, this is William Wilberforce. I need a, another volunteer. William Wilberforce. He was one of the ones who helped end slavery in England. So, all right. Um, thank you, Ray, if you can come on up. And you can grab this one. All right, and where, where should he go? Which way? All right, I'm seeing this way, this way. Come this way, Ray. This way, this way. Even more? Okay, that's looking close, right about there. Okay, good. Um, I'll do, I'll just do one more. I'll do one more. How about this guy, Walt Disney? All right, so I need one more. One more person to volunteer. If, if One person will come up. Oh thank you, All right, here you go. All right, so, and she's already walking down there, so. Now, that would be interesting. I mean, to, it's a, so just a little better than Abraham Lincoln, is that? Right? No. Okay. So okay. So let me put right in here. How's that? Is that is that is that pretty close? Okay. I see more over here. All right. put it right here. Okay. What? Disney. Okay. All right. We're divided on that, so we're gonna put Disney right in the middle. How's that sound? All right. Here's the question for you. We can, we can weigh people out on how good they are. But my question for you today is where, where does this go right here? I mean, think about that for a moment. At what point, do you, where do you draw this line? How good does a person have to be to end up going to heaven as opposed to spending eternity separated from God? Uh, so why do you... Why do you Show, show me. Use your thumbs again. This way. I'm seeing some. You, you have to. Wow. See, I, I see some hands going this. Way. There's no work. Wow. So about here. No, no. Further. No, no. You know. You know no. what the Bible. You know what. You know what the Bible says about this. Stay where you're at for just a moment, and look at this. Romans three twenty three says, "For <laughs> all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God." So that means if you have sin in your life at all, if you've ever sinned, you fall short. So you know where this line goes? Right here. Jesus Christ is the only one who hasn't sinned. All of these people fall short. Why? Because God is awesome. He gave us life. He gave us everything. He deserves to be worshipped and obeyed and respected without question, without failure. And how many of us, if we're honest, have fallen short of that? Every single one of us. Every single one. That's the bad news. But there's also really good news. In Romans 6, 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. What that means is, Anyone who has sinned, that's anyone on this line, for the wages of the sin is death, which means physical death first and then eternal separation from God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have the simple gospel that we can't earn it, we can't work for it because the moment you try to earn your salvation, you can become proud of that. And pride is the root of all sin. So God created a way to be saved where we cannot do anything on our own. We have to humbly and and just accept the gift that God gave to us. Would you like to know how to accept that gift? Paul tells us a little bit later in that same book. He says, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, that if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you, you accept Jesus, then what happens is he's over here, God's over here, and he sees everyone through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus has paid for all of those sins. And I'll tell you what, that's a gift. That's a gift. And if you'd like to receive that gift, but, uh, let's, give, let's give our helpers a hand. You guys can just put the quick papers right there. Head back and see... If you would like to receive that gift, I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. It says real simply here, there are two things you have to do. You have to confess that Jesus is Lord. Are you willing today to say, I, I don't want to be the master, the Lord of my own life. I, I want Jesus to be my master. The second thing it says is believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. To say, I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins. And if you're willing to do that, you know what the the end of that verse says? You will be saved. It's a gift. I'd like to ask right now, is there anyone in here who has not accepted that gift yet but would like to do it right here, right now? What I'm going to ask you to do I'm going to pray a prayer. There's no magic words, but I'm going to pray a prayer that includes both of those ideas. And if you're willing to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right now is the time to do it. And just with all those hundreds of people that changed their eternal destinies right here in this room, you could be that person as well. Just pray with me something like this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I can't deserve to go to heaven. I'm a sinner, and so I've fallen short of your glory. But I also know that you have given me this gift by sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins. I thank you for that gift, Lord, and I believe that you raised him from the dead, conquering sin and death and hell once and for all and I receive him to be the Lord of my life. I thank you for the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for just one moment. I would just ask, if there's anyone who made that that profession of faith today, I would encourage you to come talk to me after the service. Would you just raise your hand if that's you and you made that decision today? So I would just encourage you to come and talk with me after the service. And as a church body, we celebrate with you. And, and we are excited that you're added to that number of people who have changed their eternal destinies right here. Let me pray, and then I'll ask Pastor Tim to come up. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, I pray. I pray, Lord, that we would always be faithful to keep your word up here in the pulpit, to keep the gospel the same gospel that Jesus gave us all along. And we thank you in advance for being the faithful God who never changes. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. What a blessing to be a part of worshiping God for his faithfulness. And thank you for for joining in that as well. As we close, I just want to leave you with a a little bit of a challenge as we look, look back at God's 40 years of faithfulness. You know, when we think about uh, the fact that he is, is, is faithful, that means we're not just celebrating what he's done, but we're also celebrating what he is going to do. Isn't that awesome? That's what we were just, just singing about just, uh, just now. We don't just celebrate what he's done, but we celebrate what he's going to do. And when you think about what we, what we talked about today, that, that God has not changed, the gospel has not changed, you know what that means? That means that there's one more thing that will never change, and that's the Great Commission. The Great Commission will never change as well because it's a logical extension of the fact that God doesn't change and the gospel doesn't change. In fact, you find them both in the Great Commission. In fact, if you look at the Great Commission, we read it here. Jesus gave us this Great Commission, and he said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so you see how both the gospel and, and God is in there. In fact, when you look, the gospel is right there, plain and clear. Make disciples of all the nations. And the, the gospel is there. And then it says baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Who are they? That's God. And so this so this unchangeable God has, with this unchangeable gospel is is laid out for us and says this is your mission. Go out and do great things. The Great Commission uh, is that logical extension. And, and so because God and the gospel have not changed, what else could we be doing with our time on this earth that would be more important than advancing the kingdom of God? Amen. And that is why we're here. Um, at this point, um, um, I'm going to, uh, to ask, uh, we've got some special, some special singers. I think are the teens already up here? So are they coming up? Oh, so the teens are, I mean, I've asked the teens to, to join with us as well as we're going to sing about the future. Up to this point so far, we've been focusing on the faithfulness of God in the past. But now I want to focus on the faithfulness of God in the future. And so I think this would be a great way to close our service as we're going to sing this, uh, sing a song called Build Your Kingdom Here. And, and I, I know it's, it's not just about the, pra- the past generations. It's not just about the present generation. It's even about our future generations. So uh, would you join with, with me as we sing Build Your Kingdom?